actually it's afternoon while we're recording this, but it may be evening, night, morning, afternoon. I don't know. They might be all over the world. We might be worldwide. We might be rooted in other parts of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Wherever you're at and whatever time it is, welcome to episode three of the Rooted Podcast brought to you by Parkland Chapel. Alana, how is it going? I'm doing well. Oh, yeah. I'm Alana and that's Jordan, the (laughs) other voice that you're hearing. I realize we forgot to introduce ourselves a lot. Oh, We introduce our guests or something, but we should probably say. Yeah. I'm Jordan. <laughs> so yes, this is co-hosted uh, by your young, hip. What else do we call ourselves? Young, hip, newest, newest staff members at Parkland Chapel. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it's exciting because we actually officially have an office now. Oh, I know. It was the old prayer room in our church. If you know what that is. Yes. So what what did we do, Alana? Well, we. We rotated a table. We did. We made more space. <laughs> Wait, I think this hey, is appropriate hey. time. Yep. Yes. Woo. Yes. So we we uh, updated our office a little bit. We put an LED strip around uh, the walls of our office to bring a little bit more. I don't know energy. Yeah, a little bit diversity because if it makes it it makes the room just feel more homey to me instead of more like an office. Yeah. And we also have a map, a scratch off map. Um, we've been, I guess, half of Australia and New Zealand, thanks to Alana. A little bit of India. Ooh, South Sudan. Been to South Sudan. And whoever has been here has, what, come through Parkland Chapel, works at Parkland Chapel. Yeah. And if you come on the episode of Rooted and you've been somewhere that you've stayed more than one night, that is the requirement. You have to stay more than one night at this place and we'll scratch off wherever you've been. Yeah. So if you are part of Parkland Chapel... We have not been to the south of the United States, like Texas, Mississippi. I'm sure some people have. I know my yeah. mom has. Okay. My mom used to live in Texas, so oh. we get my mom up here. Okay. Yeah. She'll happily scratch off some things. Yeah. She's been many places. My mom's pretty cool, I think. <laughs> Shout out to Mrs. Warren Bird. Linda. Linda. Oh, gosh. All right. <laughs> So, yeah, we had some uh, updates at our office here, and we have kind of uh, a little bit more permanent setup for our podcast now, so we're excited for that. We are going to the Ark this weekend. Oh, my goodness. Tomorrow. We leave tomorrow. Oh, gosh. So whenever this episode drops, what, a week? So this episode will drop a week after we've been to the Ark. Yes. But as we're recording, we're literally leaving for our first huge youth trip down to the Ark in a charter bus with 33 Correct, thirty-three youth. So we get to take that many little muffins. No, what's I, an I upgrade from a muffin? Like a scone or something. <laughs> <laughs> so here at Parkland Chapel, we have a grading system on our youth ministry. First, you start off maybe as like flour. <laughs> <laughs> so you start off as uh, unleavened flour, and then <laughs> All right, they need to be little buns. <laughs> Maybe that's our preschool. That, that's the nursery is unleavened flour. Mm-hmm. And then into like elementary preschool, <laughs> you turn into buns, little buns. And then you upgrade your way in the what, the fourth through sixth to little muffins. Yes. And, and that might be like, uh, let's see, first through six. First through little six, muffins. little muffins. Okay. And then once you graduate from that, then you become scones. Scones. So we're taking our scones down to the yard. <laughs> 
Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. So if you're with us with our last episode, we got to interview Shane and Emily from Arbor Season. That was a lot of fun. So if you didn't check that out, you can go to Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play. Our app has the uh, podcast as well, too. Easy to find. Just search uh, Parkland Chapel Rooted or Rooted Parkland Chapel, and it should pop up pretty easy for that. The funny thing, we were coming up with names for our podcast, and we looked up Rooted. I'm like podcast rooted there was like nothing <laughs> and then as soon as our podcast dropped i searched for it looked up rooted and expected like three or four no there's like 20 oh, of them goodness yes of course i'm like what where did where did these all come from yeah just in the last like month that we came up with this yeah officially made it but yeah, yeah. rooted parkland will get you what you want what you want to listen to which is what are we going to be listening us. to in the future i don't know we're mean? trying to get like some of the congregants on here. I know um, Ashley Grindstaff. Yes, that's her name. Mm-hmm. We're looking to get her on here for her well project in Africa. Uh, some youth are going to come on here. I even made the announcement in the youth group. Hey, if anybody wants to be on the podcast, you can. And I could not see any more less excited faces. <laughs> Man, our youth don't even want to talk to us. Actually, no. Biz and Anna are very excited. Oh, yes, they are. Yeah. yeah. And I'm excited to have them on just to talk about youthful things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Random side fact. Today in the mail, I got the, I don't even know how to put it, the most random mail package you could ever receive from a human being. Yeah, I mean, it was from Target, from so tar- <laughs> FedEx came by, dropped off the package. I'm like, yo, thank you. And I'm like, Jordan, you got a package. I didn't order anything, so I open it up, and there's a bottle of Neutrogena sunscreen, SPF 50, and a Lego set. <laughs> and it's the spray, like, Neutrogena. It's like oh, it's nice. ultra clear sheen oh, yeah. or whatever hey, it is. It's quality messing around stuff. With it. Yeah, yeah. And so I figured there is only one person in this planet world um, that would ever do something as random as this, and it's Hannah Priggy, and she works up at Trout Lake Camp. She was my old boss, so shout out to her. Um, oh, do that little clapping sound effect. Yeah, Hannah! Yay! Woo! <laughs> uh, she'll like that. Uh, but yeah, so she was my old boss, and she sent me this most random mail ever, and it was amazing. Yeah. And, and so now we have Legos. And we got a FaceTimer. Yeah, and so we got to show around the church, too. Yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. Yes. We don't get to meet a lot of new people. No, just kidding. I lied. <laughs> it was it was like people from my past ministry that I was in that we yeah. got to meet. So that was cool. Yeah. So I, I forgot your name already. Hannah. Hannah. You're pretty cool to talk to, and you had nice hair. Look at that. Oh, and if you're looking for a job, a summer job, um, I guess I'll speak up for Trout Camps. They're looking for staff. I know they are a need for cabin leaders, so if you want to have a fun summer and you are graduated from high school and want to go up to Minnesota on a 12-hour drive from Missouri, which I did, and it was fantastic, reach out to them at troutlightcamps.org. Good stuff. Oh, switch up. All right, Alana, you have your topic for today. How about you kind of talk a little bit about that and what's been on your heart and what you'd like to go over? So in light of just kind of everything that has been going on in the world, maybe not everything in the world, but let's say America, right? And we've been having, I guess, in the last week or so, just shootings 
with Asian American Pacific Islanders, whatever. And so you've seen the hashtag like stop AAPI. There we go. Hate and that. And it, it kind of like brought up I'm like I'm I'm Chinese, right? So I'm like, hmm, this actually might be an interesting topic to talk about on our podcast, just because like no one will talk about it. Yeah. And and actually, I thought of it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this could bring up conflict. And I'm like, and if you know me, I hate conflict. Oh, my goodness. I avoid it at all costs. Maybe not all costs. I'm, I'm trying to get better at it. But, like, one time Mike pulled me over. He's like, hey, Alana, what do you think about uh, conflict? And I'm just like. Uh, you couldn't give an answer. I couldn't give an answer. I'm trying to, like. What do you think about conflict? <laughs> you couldn't give an answer. I was just like, uh, uh, uh. she's like, he's like, ha, she's even caving under the topic of it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it would be interesting just to just to have a conversation about it. Just, mm. I mean, Jordan, you're a white male, and I'm a yes. Chinese female. Literally from two opposite ends of the globe. Yeah, yeah. So, but we grew up in the same spot, so you know. Just, just my perspective and your perspective, and I think this is mm-hmm. kind of what everyone talks about. They're like, you just need to converse with each other, have the discussion, listen to each other, and we have this platform. So yeah, here we go. Anyways, I just wanted to put out that just some like disclaimers before, you know, you like as I said, it might be a controversial topic, a little bit of a controversy, especially since where we are from, there is a lot of white people. Oh, yeah. And yes. people with pride. And I mean, that's not, I mean, it's bad, but like we all have it, mm-hmm. you know. So anyways, just a couple disclaimers before we dive deep into this conversation. This this topic is definitely not my expertise. Um, I am not well versed in it or uh, educated or anything. This is just my personal experiences so i may get stuff really wrong and it's like oh well hey yeah i I told you i could get stuff wrong i'm still human (laughs) but i think this will be good too to educate people from your perspective i don't know what you see through your eyes and you don't see know what i see through my eyes Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yes so hopefully this can just be eye-opening (laughs) eye-opening but i also think it's interesting too because we do live in an area that's not very culturally diverse i mean it's mostly uh white dominant for sure um so i think it's i think it's interesting and i hope hopefully people just listen to it uh to get more of an understanding and to see different perspectives as we don't really get to see here in this area so my my personal experience is actually with race and stereotypes and I don't know what else would be considered languages and whatnot. Actually, I love I love cultures. I love races. It's just mm-hmm. so interesting, and it, it goes so back so far in the Bible. You know, I think the first time you really see it, diversity is the Tower of Babel, and God made sure that we couldn't. Like the reason behind it is a little, you know, because of our sin, but it's turned into something that is so cool and interesting, and I think that's part of what drives what I love about traveling and like watching vlogs of just different cultures. And it's just amazing how different people live and speak and their whole like filter on the world and, and everything. So 
Speaking of filters, like there are certain filters on what I see in the world and um, and on my my perspective of race and ethnicity. So I'm I am, you know, I have the privilege of growing up in a probably mid class. What is what is that? Mid mid class? Mid class, yeah. Yeah. So I have the privilege of growing up in a mid mid-class white home my parents are white and my mom's from new jersey my dad's from st louis and uh, my sister and i were adopted straight out of china Woo. Woohoo! yes and uh many many actually things that i found that probably actually are racist i didn't necessarily think was racist hmm. i didn't realize that until i went off to college where there's in new jersey where there's a lot more diversity so I kind of took comments and whatnot, not necessarily like personally or anything, but I'm like, this is what I'm dealt. How do you deal with it? You know, I, the worst, the worst thing that maybe happened would be like, <clears throat> people would try to like ask me if I had relatives in the high school. Like a lot of my high schoolers thought that we were, that I was related to all the Asians. Wow. Yeah to all the Asians in the high school. So they're like, oh, they see another Asian. They're like, hey, is that your sister? I'm like, what? <laughs> like, look around. I'm like, oh, this is what prompted this. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like people just already assume that because of the low diversity we do have in southern Midwest Missouri. <laughs> like, they just automatically assume, you know, some people don't take the time to think, um, would this offend people because of the lack of diversity? It's just, oh, I'm asking this out of like a genuine, like maybe, ho- hopefully that's what they're asking. Well, maybe they could be, but mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, I haven't, I haven't, in my opinion, I feel like I haven't experienced the worst of like racism and like the stereotypes. Like I've just been, like there's some assumptions that have been like, put on me it's like oh i'm smart and good at math which actually isn't com- a complete lie <laughs> so i'm like i'm living up to my own stereotype bachelor of silence my bachelor of silence in biomedical engineering <laughs> but i i do know some people you know that grew up speaking a different language like that's a whole nother thing to deal with like if you're talking in the store and people are just like we live in america speak english it's like well like we do have diversity, and, like, that's really cool to hear a different language. Like, for us around here, it's mostly Spanish. Yeah. And, you know, you have your your stereotypical, like, Mexican people or whatever, but it's still really cool. And, you know, going out east, I really got to experience what actually Asian American really means and, like, how do, like, other people that didn't grow up in, like, a white home not adopted but are actually like their parents are second generation or and their grandparents like barely speak english and they just have to speak korean or chinese in in their home and and like the even if you've immigrated over here your cultures have carried over and like this is what you know and most likely you've probably surrounded yourself with that 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 community, like there are like Chinese churches and they like do their services in Chinese and like you'll f- probably find that in New York. You get English and Chinese. It's like, whoa, this is so cool. I didn't even know this existed. I didn't I didn't know that existed. Yeah. Wow. That's it, actually really cool. 
So, I mean, I, I don't necessarily want to downplay any of my experiences, like being assumed. Actually, I did have someone who tried to say, like, like she asked me, and like, she was also a minority. I think she was black. She asked me, she's like, do you have a sister in the high school? And I'm like, no, no, I don't. And she's like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. I've seen her. I'm like, I don't have a sister in the high school. I'm like, I know who I'm related to. I know who's in my house. She's like, no, 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 you do. And then one of my friends who popped up, she popped up and was like, uh, you do know that all Asians are not related. <laughs> <laughs> and she just didn't have a reply for that and then walked out of the room. Or we were, no, yeah, and walked out of the room like, oh, goodness. Like, here we go again. And actually, I worked at Pasta House, like, about four months before I took this job on full time. And it was interesting because I would have older white men, only older white men, ask me. I was like, oh, like, where are you from? And, like, I knew what they were asking. Like, well, I'm Chinese, you know. You don't, you don't, we don't have much diversity in the workplace even at Pastas. I think there was one guy from Guatemala and then there was me. <laughs> and so they would just ask me. It's like, oh, like, they're like, oh, I don't want to be offensive or anything. Where are, like, what are you? It's just like, even just like, how do you even ask someone? How do you ask someone what their ethnicity is? Yeah. So it's like, I would respond sometimes. I'm like, ah, you're wondering what my ethnicity is. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, yeah. So some people just don't even know how to ask and think it's awkward. I'm like, for me, I don't think it is too awkward. It's like, if you, you just, just, just ask. I'm like, I'm, I'm proud to be adopted Chinese and American. Like, yeah, just just ask. And it's like, just ask the right question. So if you're wondering, like, what's my, what is my ethnicity? Just what is my ethnicity? That's like the the background. I don't, I don't know. How, how do you explain it? Like where I'm from? But even the question, where are you from? I'm like, well, I'm from here, Farmington, Missouri. Just asking the right question and just, you know, just go for it. And I feel like for me personally, if you've offended me, in my race, then either you don't know me really well and you said a sly comment about, like, my people, my, my people, or, like, me, and, I'm, and you don't know me that well. It's like, like, Pastor Mike loves to say, or has this great explanation of, like, it's like a bank account, like, with people, in a way. It's like, you deposit so much time, so much uh, relationship, and then whenever you, like, want to ex, ex, exhort them or like just bring up something that's tough, then you're taking it to pop. Uh, no, what is it? Withdraw. Withdraw. There you go. So, you know, once you have so much deposit in, into any one person's life, then you can ask them maybe a little bit more personal question. You're taking a little bit out, but then you're still putting back in. I like that. I like that illustration. Oh, yeah. It's, it's great. And it really puts perspective on relationships and why if like even if I say something, and I think I have more deposit into my bank account with that person than I actually do, and I take out too much. Yeah. They're hurt. So growing up as a kid, I actually didn't really know that I was a different race or different looking than everyone else. Like, it really wasn't until sixth grade when you hit middle school, and middle school is ruthless, even more now. But, like, people started making fun of my eyes, and I'm like, oh, like, ha-ha, like, 
maybe it was more of a tension for me. I was like, oh, yeah, like people are like, you know, see me or whatever. And then you realize like when they make like the squinty eyes, it's actually making fun of who so you are. The people actually do that to you? Yeah, they would just like come on, like they would like really? to mimic me. They would oh like stretch their eyes, you know, like, oh, OK. And, and like, like I didn't even realize that like that's that's racist. <laughs> that's necessarily making fun of like your looks. And like like I said before, it's like if you've offended me, you've you've gone into some effort to try to try to uh, you've really tried to offend me in the race aspect and like other things like you know like oh you're supposed to be smart or whatnot like and I do something dumb or whatnot it's like well <laughs> that's another stereotype that you've put yeah. on someone that just because the majority of them doesn't mean that you are exactly and it goes the other way too for for any race white black brown yellow jesus loves all of them going back to what what i didn't realize was racist so like them making fun of my eyes i thought this was just humans being humans you know i was like this is what i'm dealt and this is how i'm going to deal with it so choosing to not be offended by this was like just me dealing what I've dealt with in life. Like this is the cards I have to deal with. And so I think going out to New Jersey and realizing that people actually are offended by it made me made me a little bit more sensitive to these comments that were said and like realize it's like okay, maybe it's not like higher up on the scale like like you're you you don't get a job because you are a certain race or you have a certain look and you're in a certain level of life or like in the uh, middle class life as opposed to like poverty or you're in like the top percentages or whatever you're you're well off and like just for even me being learning like this like some people actually are offended and just because I'm not offended doesn't mean that other people are so learning to be more sensitive to everyone or just comments that come out of my mouth even it's like okay like and knowing your audience, like who are your people that can you can kind of make a jab at and they they're like, OK, like Haha, they'll make a jab back at you. But then if you don't know someone as well or you're not exactly sure where your your bank account is with them. Yeah. Living in Farmington, Missouri, compared to what's going on in major cities, how has that made you feel or what what have you been thinking through that, if that makes sense? Oh, yeah, definitely. Or, you know, what are your thoughts on? on that compared to maybe your own life as well? I feel like growing up here, especially, I've just kind of like, I've been able to remove myself from a lot of uh, racial tensions, let's call them, in America. And no, like with me avoiding conflict, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to ignore it. Not that it doesn't exist, but this isn't what I'm supposed to deal with. Like, and I know that, like, going out, for me, going out on social media, posting about everything is not my avenue of how to bring awareness to racism. And some people it is. Like, and I, like, I'm grateful for them that they can put it out there and they can have random people, like, message them and they can have a solid conversation. But for me, having a one-on-one or, like, a two-on-one or just having a little group discussion is, like, that's where 
I feel like I'm called to address the issue. And I think before going out to New Jersey and really understanding and like just seeing different how different people deal with race and ethnicity and jabs at it and stereotypes and whatnot like I I just completely put it aside so for me I feel like not being in a city I've been able to remove myself from it ignore it as much as possible but actually recently with the shootings I'm still removed from it I feel like and it's not real big like for me I think for me, right, like talk, having this conversation on here is like a huge step into something that I don't normally do. Normally I'm like, okay, if someone wants to come and talk to me, then I'll do it. (laughs) But for me to step out and say, hey, let's have this conversation. Like for me, I I feel like I'm doing something huge. You know, that's majority. And I I work with white males. (laughs) And Mindy. And Mindy. Mindy's (laughs) awesome. But like I... Actually, Mingi kind of just makes fun of me every time because I'm like, you white men, <laughs> just <laughs> under my breath sometimes. And it's like, it's it's a joke. It's definitely a joke. But I know that I can do that with you guys. Mm-hmm. But um, I think just everything recently that has happened, you know, it's kind of like sparked it again because it is like the Asian community. I'm like, okay, like I do have a little bit of a part in this because these are like my people. And it could come back to me like if I'm going personal with it it's like yeah like I do have this could happen to me I mean I could just be in the wrong spot at the wrong time and actually uh I was talking with my mom with it and she's like yeah that's something I've always worried about for you girls that you're just you know people can I don't want to say like shoot you or whatever, but like you have to be careful because you are Asian women. And I'm like, I didn't realize that my mom even thought about it that way. I've just kind of gone in life and, you know, I, I, we're in a pretty safe community. Uh, I've never really had to fear for my life because I'm a, I'm a certain race. I'm Chinese or I'm a woman or something. Like it's always on my mind, but or not always. I won't say that. It's not always on my mind. Or it's not even always in the back of my mind. But with this, it's kind of been like, oh, what if that could happen? And I think because I have my trust in Jesus, it's like I don't, I walk in faith and in trust and with confidence that that won't happen. But that even if I do die or imprisoned or whatever, you know, my trust is in Jesus, and not that that's an excuse to not be racist or not address the issue even, but that fear is not there. Let's, let's say that. The fear is just dispelled. So what about your assumptions about stereotypes? My deflection for many things is humor. Just to make it lighthearted, avoid any difficult conversations. I'm just like, heh heh. Or if it's just really bad, I'm just I just stare at them with this like death glare. <laughs> like you didn't just say that. Roll my eyes and then it's just kinda ignored. <laughs> like, eh. Maybe maybe some other times if it's like a kid or something like that really wasn't appropriate. Like you really shouldn't say that. But I wouldn't necessarily give a reason. But 
uh, like I said, my many of my personal experiences have been just stereotypes that either I actually do live up to or that are put on me. And it's like, well, it's not exactly right. So like I it's like I just respond, like I said, it's like I really don't take offense to many things unless it's like my work. <laughs> like I put in hours into a video and then someone critiques it really bad. I'm like, that hurt. Yeah. <laughs> but like if it's if it's something about like me or like my race, I'm like, okay, I'll, like this is what you said and I don't get hurt by it. Actually, I ran across this post from someone that I follow, one of my friends' sisters. And I thought it was pretty relevant, actually, to what we're talking about. And so this may rub some people wrong, but here it says, you have to learn the difference between someone disrespecting you versus you feeling disrespected. Emotional ears hear from a place of offense. Sometimes it's not what they said, but it's what you are triggered by. And unless you know your triggers, you'll see everything as an attack. I think today, a lot of people put so much on what we feel. Like, I feel this, I feel this, I feel this. And reality... subjective. Yes. And, and reality is not based on your feelings. Like, praise Jesus for that. Because yeah. my feelings go up, down, over, sideways, diagonal all the time. And that's nothing that you can, like, ground yourself in. Like, if you're grounding yourself on... on you know, I feel like a certain way today. That's gone because whenever you feel happy and you make decisions, the day comes that you're like sad and then you're like, well, I'm stuck with this because I was I felt good one day and now I don't feel good the next day. And it, it goes back to the race. It's like, okay, if you are triggered by like, there's probably, a, there might be a deeper reason why. Maybe like a personal experience that you had or something back in your childhood. And like YWAM, like we actually looked back so much at our childhood and I never had so much before. And I think I was even reading one day. It's like, why are you like, I, why was I afraid to raise my hand in school? Afraid of being wrong, rejected. That was also. But then I remember in third grade, I raised my hand for something. The teacher called on someone else. And he, she was trying to, like, teach this kid something. But I was just under my breath. I'm like, oh, this is so easy. Like, why is he, like, why? it's so easy. And the teacher turns and snaps at me. She's like, this is not easy for everyone else. This is, you need to be quiet and don't say this. And I, from, I think, maybe from that day, I just wouldn't raise my hand unless I absolutely knew the answer and knew I wasn't going to be wrong and no one was going to reprimand me for being wrong. And I'm like, like, I just had that light bulb moment. I'm like, oh, this is why I fear being wrong or fear, like, maybe even, like, speaking, like, speaking out or something. It's like, it went back to that one thing that triggered me, you know, into that thing. So I think, I think that post really or this, this thing that this person posted was just, like, your triggers versus your feelings. And I think everyone, everyone has a filter on their, on their perspective of life. I wish we could get Mike's book in here, The Western Perspective of Reading the Bible. Yeah, yeah, because that brought into, what was he bringing up yesterday? The story of the runaway son. 
with the pig's die. Uh, I can't think oh, of it. Oh, yeah. The prodigal so the son. prodigal son in Luke 15, the third section of that full parable about the prodigal son returning, we see that as all the focus being on the sinner, and it's all about individualism, all about me, and if I repent to God, he will save me, which is true, but the whole aspect of that story and parable is not on the sinner. The whole thing is about the grace and love of God, but in our culture, we see so much of it being so subjective about, oh, I feel so bad about myself, I got to return to God. Like, yeah, you do, but at the same time, it's not about you're returning to God, because God has already established that love first, and that's what that whole parable is about. But when we read the parable in our culture over here in the Western civilization world, they see it as all the focus of that story is on the sinner when it's not. He's just an instrument, a tool to show you that the love of God is central. That's what the party, at least, is for in the parable as well. People think the father throw the uh, uh, the the celebration for the son returning home, Yes, he's happy, but at the same time, it's like, look at my love that I displayed for my son when nobody else would, especially in that culture, when you accept your son uh, returning back to you after completely, shamefully disobeying your father like that, and for a father to display that love deserves celebration, which is what God did with us bringing back uh, us Gentiles into his family, too. Um, Yeah, that book was very interesting. Also, what about the race of Jesus? (laughs) the race of jesus actually this is something really interesting i think as our western culture i've always seen him as white six-pack like flowy hair with the robes but if you actually think about it everyone in jesus is where where jesus lived is dark-skinned dark hair like just middle east yeah uh, short back in that time we've through archaeological digs it's what like five foot maybe they would and have been like my height yeah it's like height. conservative like five foot to like five four maybe mm-hmm. so short uh i remember the first church like i ever went to they had this huge picture of jesus and he had such a delicate jawline and his eyes were so it, it looked like jesus didn't get outside and work with his hands even though he was a tecton carpenter built all these things and it looked like he barely even, I don't know, touched a hammer. <laughs> you know, his, he had perfect curls, you know, and the light was just perfectly hitting him when, what well, isn't it? It's in Isaiah, right? It says it has no comeliness about uh, the servant, right? And uh, at least I think you can fact check me on that. I don't know. It's somewhere in the Bible that it says Jesus did not have any comeliness about him, which means there was nothing uh, attractive about Jesus. And that's not trying to downplay Jesus the Messiah at all. It's just his. He was humbled himself from such a high standard being in heaven to now coming as literally the most humble way you possibly could. No one really knew he was the Messiah from appearance, you know, and so uh, I love how Mike dives into that. Uh, There's a couple of sermons ago where he's talking about Jesus might have had a little El (laughs) Ponson. He always says that. Had a little gut on him. He probably wasn't this six-pack ripped white dude. Probably just like a short Middle Eastern... um, probably had some shaggy hair and a beard and there wasn't anything attractive about him you know it wasn't this western picture picture of jesus that we have you know and i feel like people sometimes look at christianity being a western religion they look at the cross and jesus as something that started in america or at least from churches over here but the importance is from israel and that's where that was born and founded and 
I love supporting Israel. I love praying for Israel. We're told to in the Psalms to pray for Israel, pray for the peace of Israel, but people have taken that away and it transformed our culture and our race, I think, almost to be dominant over that. In some, I'm not saying all churches, but just from my experience growing up, you know, I never knew Jesus was over in the Middle East, some short guy that didn't, he didn't look like me, you know, but growing up, I thought, oh, he looks just like me, you know, and now, uh, so I have longer hair now, and people say, oh, you look like, like, no, I don't, (laughs) I couldn't look any more different from Jesus, (laughs) like, he was short, I'm tall, you know, I'm white, he was Middle Eastern, like, there was no, like, I mean, yeah, we're both dudes, but other than that, uh, you know, our culture just views, like, oh, you look like Jesus, no, I don't, you know? I was actually at a conference for college kids, and there was like an international missions conference. And one of the videos that they showed was different pictures of Jesus and what people from around the world pictured Jesus. So they had artists who would paint him. And so when they flashed it up on the screen, there was the white Jesus, you had a black Jesus, you had an Asian Jesus, you had an African Jesus, you had all these kinds of different Jesuses, like pictures of Jesus. And it was so cool because I realized it's like this is what makes Jesus like so relatable because he relates to every single culture. You know, as as and like when you read the Bible, you definitely need to read it in the Jewish, you know, like Hebrew context of Jesus's time. But if you're looking at a relational Jesus, Jesus is all these cultures. You know, he he like he can be Asian and he understands that, but he also understands the western like the western culture Jesus. Like God is relatable. And so, you know, if you if you picture him as an Asian dude, I mean, he, he definitely wasn't, but he understands the cultures and the different the different struggles because he definitely had that as a was he Jewish? Jesus? Jesus? Oh, 100%. Yes, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I feel like I should know that, but, you know. <laughs> I was even reading through a book, um and the book was saying Jesus had no race, he had no nation, he had no nationality or something like that. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, uh, I don't know, maybe the uh, the lion from the tribe of Judah, is, does that ring a bell? Jesus from Nazareth? <laughs> I mean, so like he did have he had humanity. Yeah, yeah, he was he was identifiable with with that region. And that, if that's overlooked and that Jesus is just a God but not human, then he's not relatable to everyone. You know, it's he's 100% man, 100% God at the same time. That's something to wrap your mind around, but he did it. And if we can't look at the fact that Jesus was Jewish, then you're missing, I think, a lot of the Bible and what it's really trying to say. You know, it starts with the Jewish people, and that's what their representation was supposed to be of God, to bring people into the family, right? And so Jesus came down and fulfilled that. He said, this is who God is. This is how righteous you should be but you can't do it unless you do believe in what i i who i am and what i've done and i I love that about jesus because he he does connect with every single culture it doesn't matter if it was uh you know even before his time and in the old testament we see christophanies and you know appearances of jesus and in two thousand years later he's still talked about like it's honestly amazing jesus is really cool and it's not subjective either. Like, that's another thing. You can't look at Jesus sub- only subjectively. Like, sure, he does give you these feelings of 
overwhelming happiness and joy, but that's, like you said, it's not constant. Like when I came back from Minnesota, I didn't have a job. I didn't have a place to live in uh, a, a rough, long-distance relationship. Like that was not, I was not subjectively feeling happy with Jesus at that time. I, I, I mean, I didn't have a happy relationship with him, so to speak. But objectively, you know, he tells me, keep my commandments in your heart. So I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And that overflowed in my life to love other people and to love God even more. And uh, there has to be a good balance, I think, of objective and subjective with our Lord and Savior. But realize you can't just make it 100% subjective. I mm-hmm. think a lot of American gospel wants it to make it, oh, come to Jesus, your life is going to be transformed. Here's your five-step process on how to be a good human being. Uh, and I'm going down a rabbit trail here, I think, and I'll cut myself off here shortly. But my point is, I think this can relate back to race too. Um, what I've seen from my side is I see a lot of subjectiveness with it in the sense of people get offended really quick because the way I like to look at race, um, and I love the Ark Encounter and the way they put it, like there's only one race, and that is under Adam, and uh, that's only one race of human beings, and I, the Ark Encounter and Answers in Genesis, they kind of expound on this a little bit more with it like being people groups rather than using the word race. Mm-hmm. And I like that because Jesus came for all the descendants of Adam to cleanse them from their sins. And I love how through a biblical worldview and seeing that we're all under one race. We come from different ethnicities and people groups for sure, but Jesus didn't come for just the Jewish people. He didn't come for just white people in America. You know, he came for everybody. And I, and I love that about Jesus. And that's objectively true about what he did. And subjectively, that makes me feel great. I I hear so much about, uh, you know, race and racism. And, you know, we come from a place that growing up, I could see Confederate flags all over the place. (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure the KKK was doing some rallies downtown recruiting. And uh, nobody was really saying anything against it. Like, there wasn't any... um, opposition when they were down there and you know I don't agree with that at all and I grew up with that I said well that's just kind of happens and I and I'm not saying I support it at all don't you know <laughs> let's get that clear but when I when I said that when I went up to Minnesota I was like oh yeah we had there's like KKK uh recruitment going on in our town and people were like what the heck are you serious I'm like yeah I feel like if we just take that biblical uh, worldview of just seeing people as like one race and like under God. If like we re- like we say that all the time. I feel like a lot of people say it all the time, but they don't live that out. Like I don't see you as being from China and being completely different from me. I don't see that. I don't see anybody else being not white, being something completely different. And I have to uh, treat them a certain way, or else I'll offend them. If I just love them like Jesus says, then I don't see any problem of. Of talking about race, but now realizing it through uh, following Jesus, if we just take that command of actually just loving one another and actually just apply that and what that really looks like, it's very it's very interesting to see it through a biblical world lens. You know, seeing all these movements and how much money and time and effort is going to like BLM and all these things. Like, is that really the right move? Yeah, and a lot of this is stemming from our the the spiritual 
producing in the the physical sense like like there's so like if you get to the root of our our issue here especially in America you know our root is that we've we're turning away from God we're accepting right or we're accepting wrong and saying that it's right mm-hmm. and you know it, it's like evil is is becoming what's good and it's it's just being put away so the the spiritual is manifesting as in the physical and we're seeing that with all the different movements and you know we go back to like like you said like the biblical worldview like that's something i wish i knew more about like just to read the bible and see jesus's what what is jesus's view on the world it's so much different than what i view it and like to take off the different lenses and the blinders that's hard because i don't even know what they are because i've seen it in my entire life as this so for me that's my normal vision so what is even you know, a biblical worldview. And I think that's something for another day to like really like dive into. And like, I got to touch, I got to touch on it a little bit in YWAM. And it was just like, it was, it was my favorite topic. I think also to follow what James says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. That's something I found recently in my walk, just listening more and being less talkative, letting people speak especially to this topic, too. If you're in a conversation with somebody, um, don't be afraid to just be, all right, this is what I'm thinking, and please don't take it any other way, but this is what you know what I'm trying to say, too. So I don't know if that could even help you out, or if that even really contributed to the conversation. I have no idea. It sounded good, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think genuinely asking people for, like, their opinions and yeah. their just to know about their life, like, in the end, we're all humans, and we all want to be loved, and, like, we want to be heard. Yeah. So to have that opportunity to be able to just listen to each other and listen with the intent of listening and not to respond. I know, for me, that's so difficult. I'm like, how am I going to respond? How am I going to sound good? How am I? And, and I'm like, like, why don't you just, Alana, just listen, and then you don't have to respond. If you have something, like, most likely it was probably from the Spirit, and that'll be much better than what you have to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So quick to listen, slow to speak, ask people, love people, and God will show you the rest. Thanks for joining us today for the final. Uh, no, this is not the final episode. Wow. This is episode three. We're just getting started, folks. Anyways, if you have anything more that like you want to talk about, like, you know, like we'll probably post this on our social media, but... Like, yeah, follow our Instagram uh, page and our Facebook page. Yeah, I think it's, okay, Instagram, rooted underscore podcast underscore. Yes. We're, we're going to try to use that a little bit more often and post some of those, like, stories that you can reply to and just to, in, like, interact with you more. And we love the feedback that we're getting. Oh, my goodness, yes. It's been super encouraging. I think... Oh, one of my friends said that we were like the Bible Project, but we we're just talking about ourselves. And I'm like, to be compared to the Bible Project, are, I'm like... Wow, we've already made it. After two episodes, well, third episode, we've already made it to Bible Project status. Yeah. So thank you guys for just making this so much fun and enjoyable. Yes. And, you know... Share it, with your friends. Yes. Share with your churches. Because the main reason we want to share Jesus and we believe this is a platform and you guys can be the tools and instruments for the Lord. So thank you for joining us. We'll hopefully talk to you guys soon. See ya. Bye.
Bye.